0: We are South. That's the motto today. That is also the motto of the South Alabama Jaguars of the Sunbelt Conference, and we're going to be talking a lot about the Jags in the next segment. The play-by-play voice of South Alabama Athletics, J.D. Byers, is going to be on and talk about what's going on at South Alabama. They're building a brand new stadium in Mobile, Alabama. We'll discuss that. We'll discuss the 2020 season, and we'll get J.D.'s take on the Sunbelt Conference of 2020. Yes, sports. It's going to be back and it's right here big time on today's y'all show all that here in hour one and hour two we're going to have a little sports lanyap various sports news to begin the hour and then we're going to shift over to our barbecue barrister matt Herman's. he's going to talk about potato salad he's going to discuss creole seasoning and we're going to go to the holy city of charleston south carolina and talk cuisine of charleston and the low country with our barbecue barrister matt Herman's. all that And hour two of this. The Y'all Show. I'm John Rawl, your gracious host. Thank you for being on with us. We have a a chock full show today. We've got a chock full show all week long. We've got on Wednesday show the daughter of Lynn Anderson, Lisa Sutton. She's going to be coming on talking about her late mother, the singer of Rose Garden. That'll be a very special guest. We've got on tomorrow's show as well as Precious Harris coming on with more country music news from Nashville. And on Thursday, it's our first spring fling tour or rather spring swing tour as we're going to be flinging and swinging all over the south for a couple of weeks as we're going to go to on thursday crystal river florida and we've got some great guests from that area just north of tampa that's going to come on and help Help you make a decision to go down there and check it out. We've got not only John Prisher, the director of Discover Crystal River, coming on, but also we have Michael Mankey, the GM at Plantation on Crystal River. That's a great little property there in Crystal River, Florida, and Citrus County, as well as Dave Perry of Hunter Springs Kayaks. He's coming on as part of our Spring Swing Tour 2020. Virtually, we're going to Crystal River, Florida on Thursday. It's going to be a lot of fun. Join us for the ride. 803 816 1170 is our telephone number to connect to us all the time. Text or call that number. Also find us on our website, y'all.com. Y'all is the ultimate guide to the south. Y A L L dot com. And also don't forget on Facebook where yall.com and the Y'all show also on facebook.com as well as all the streaming apps that carry the podcast form thank y'all for listening thank you for joining in and let's get into all the headlines coming in from the south and on monday several governors got up and spoke about plans for rolling out the post-coronavirus outbreak economic reopening of their particular states and George's brian kemp said that some businesses in the peach state are going to open up as early as friday the governor of tennessee bill lee also says that sometime next week i think it's the 31st of april in the volunteer state the rules are going to be backed off of In some cases now in Georgia, one of the most aggressive the time time table they have there in Georgia, this new rule from Governor Kemp is going to allow gyms, hair salons. And I know some of y'all really need to get your ears lowered out here. Bowling alleys and tattoo parlors are going to be able to reopen as long as owners follow strict social distancing and hygiene requirements. Some of those you'd think they ought to have those rules in place like, uh, let's say, gyms and hair salons anyway, no matter the case. And also on Monday, movie theaters may resume selling tickets in Georgia. Restaurants, limited takeout orders could return to limited dine-in service. That in the state of Georgia. Georgia, remember, has been one of the most hit states in the South in terms of the numbers of people who've come down positive as well as people who've died. Not as bad as Louisiana, but numbers-wise, Georgia has been pretty strong. And now Republican Governor Brian Kemp laying out his plan to open that state back up again as early as friday in some cases tennessee looking more like the end of the month of april henry McMaster of south carolina also he laid out his plans at a press conference in columbia on monday and a lot of your republican governors of the south right now are kind of going out here somewhat on a limb and pushing this envelope to reopen maybe step by step but yeah, we've got to gotta do it carefully. By the way, Georgia's death toll from COVID-19 is right around 775, as more than 19,000 Georgians have been infected by COVID-19. But the governor, Brian Kemp, seems pretty headstrong. They're going to go forward with a plan to at least start reopening things in the, the peach state of Georgia. One byproduct of now people being off the highways, being off the waters and such is at least in some cases you've got a lot of clear water out there, and in Louisiana, the clear Gulf of Mexico is actually showing off that the worst offshore oil spill that was 10 years ago when the Deepwater Horizon had its big explosion, and the Gulf waters had oil leaking and going all over the place. Now, because of the Gulf of Mexico's ecosystem enjoying the break from boaters and all the shrimp boats and more that go out there. They're able to actually see the waters clearly, more clearly than ever, as researchers are showing that there's still oil out there 10 years later, but it is significant compared to what they saw in 2010. The answer is no, heck no, that according to a researcher from LSU. But yes, in the Gulf Coast waters, sparkling waters, they do have some lasting harm there from that 2010 oil spill of of all things. Now, an unfortunate situation just east of Nashville on Interstate 40 this week. A truckload of medical masks and protective surgical gowns destroyed when a tractor-trailer caught fire there in Carthage, Tennessee. Al Gore's hometown. As this happened over the weekend, N95 masks and special hospital gowns were among the items ruined. And shortages of these masks, which filter out 95% of all airborne particles, have been in great demand. And now this truck fire has happened there in carthage tennessee and we hope that will ha- wherever they were heading to they've got another plan to get these items that many desperately need right now speaking of the volunteer state u.s senator marcia blackburn represents the great state of tennessee and she's going to introduce legislation in the u.s senate that would allow citizens of this country to sue china for money lost during the coronavirus outbreak In a statement released from her office on monday Marsha Blackburn, the Republican senator, said she and Arizona Senator Martha McSally plan to introduce the Stop COVID Act, which stands for Stop China Originated Viral Infectious Diseases Act. As Blackburn says, it would empower Americans to sue China in U.S. court and seek compensation for the devastating harm the deadly virus has caused to the economy and to human life. As Blackburn went on to say, China's Communist Party must face consequences for its role in the origin Uh, and spread of the coronavirus amen to that marcia blackburn a south texas emergency room doctor is now self-isolating and you won't believe where dr jason barnes decided to make a temporary home he did it in his kid's tree house in the backyard of his Corpus Christi home. And he's among many healthcare workers who have to have to, you know, have to leave their homes, leave their families, maybe go down to the basement or perhaps even to the attic in some cases to stay away from their family members. And it was a very smart decision, I guess, in Corpus Christi, Texas, even in April Being up in a treehouse isn't the worst place to be. I wouldn't want to be there in, let's say, June or July when it's 100 and something degrees in Corpus Christi. But Dr. Barnes, that was a good decision there as you made that choice to go to your kid's treehouse there, getting away from them and perhaps protecting them from being positive with the coronavirus. And a great job there by this South Texas emergency room physician. A good call, Doc. Now, an update to some of the storms that we had hit on Sunday and Monday across the Southland. Suspected tornadoes killed at least two people as severe weather blasted the Deep South. And a house fire, believed it was started by lightning, has now been factored into the equation of those killed from this latest outbreak on Sunday into Monday. As three Alabamians have died, as a result, 61-year-old Jerry Oliver Williams died Sunday night when the winds flipped his home that he was sharing in rural alabama and that was around headland alabama where that happened and as i said another person died when it looked like a a fire happened as a result of that so three southerners also a 95 year old georgia woman uh, janice brown from wilcox county died in the house fire monday that the state's fire marshal office they say was caused by a lightning strike so it's not just alabama georgia And I think a Mississippian also lost their life in this latest storm front that passed through the southeast here in the last 48 hours. One result of the coronavirus is oil prices. They've gone negative as the demand of oil has collapsed and stocks have dipped. Stocks and treasury yields also dropped on Wall Street, while the S&P 500 down 1.8 percent. The barrel of U.S. crude deliver in May plummeted to a negative $37.63. Trades are still paying 2043 for a barrel of oil. I saw someone on social media said that it cost about $50 to get a barrel of oil produced. And right now, at these prices, the oil companies are certainly losing money. Thus, the reason many are not even pumping oil right now. And in our final headlines, as we scan the South here today, A star of the sitcom on television back in the 1960s, Green Acres, Tom Lester, has died in Nashville at the age of 81. On Green Acres, he played the farmhand, Eb Dawson, and he died in Nashville. He was a devoted evangelist and starred on this family-friendly show, Green Acres. I'm sure many of you saw that or have seen it. He died of complications from Parkinson's disease in the Nashville home of his fiancée, and longtime caregiver jackie peters that again the passage of eb dawson from the 60 series green acres tom lester passing away here this week that's quick look at what's going on in the south when we come back we're going to go to mobile alabama jd byers is the voice of the south alabama jaguars of the sunbelt conference of the fbs ranks and is going to come on and talk about the Jags of South Alabama, what they've got going on on the field here this year, the football field at their brand-new Hancock-Whitney Stadium, as well as the rest of the Sunbelt Conference. We'll get J.D.'s thoughts on that. All that as we conclude this first hour of two, by the way, of the show that's all about the South. This is Y'all.
1: It's totally normal to be constipated with belly pain, straining and bloating again and again. No way. Maybe it's occasional constipation. Maybe it's not.
2: You could have a chronic condition called irritable bowel syndrome with constipation or IBSC. Linzess, or linaclotide, is a prescription that treats IBSC in adults. Linzess works differently than laxatives to help relieve belly pain and let you have more frequent and complete bowel movements. Individual results may vary. Do not give to children less than 6 and it should not be given to children 6 to less than 18. It may harm them. Do not take Linzess if you have a bowel blockage. Get immediate help if you develop unusual or severe stomach pain, especially with bloody or black stools. The most common side effect is diarrhea, sometimes severe. If it's severe, stop taking Linzess and call your doctor right away. Others Side effects include gas, stomach area pain and swelling. Maybe it's not occasional constipation. Learn more at linzest.com or call 1-800-LINZESS. You may be able to talk to a doctor online. Visit linzest.com. Sponsored by Allergan and Ironwood.
0: show that's all about the south well we here on the y'all show are going to be very southern with you right now hello this is the program covering dixie and college football and believe it or not we're going to have college football of some sort real soon just bear with us and to help us get ready for the excitement of fall or maybe even spring football we're going to welcome in some sunbelt action onto today's program jd byers is the voice of the south alabama jaguars of the sunbelt conference and he's coming on right now to help us preview the 2020 edition of usa football and we'll also talk a little sunbelt conference news and notes as well hello jd welcome in to the y'all show
3: Thank you, John. It's good to see your face again. It's been a while. <laughs> uh, we go back a few years, and we- uh, glad you're doing well. I love the platform.
0: Well, thank you, J.D., and you're looking good, too. I-, I like what you've done over these last few years. Good job. Show off your USA paraphernalia. You got on a nice jacket there. There you go. We are south. How about those Jaguars? And we're going to discuss a lot of excitement, not only on the field, but off the field with South Alabama. Got a brand new stadium that's going to debut. We'll get a construction update from J.D. right here on the program and more. But first off, more importantly, J.D., let's get an update on how how the Byers family and the South Alabama family is doing right now with all this coronavirus craziness.
3: Yeah, well, you you know, I know what y'all is about. Uh, It's (laughs) southern life, and uh, I don't know if it gets more Southern than hanging around the house and picking blackberries, making blackberry cobbler, Uh, and of course, uh, we've got on a furniture redo kick. uh, We've been doing some, I think every female in in the South knows what chalk painting is by now, so we've been chalk painting some bedroom furniture, getting that ready, so uh, the, the house is kind of a mess, but... I think everybody's got a mile-long score list right now they've been trying to knock out things they haven't been able to do from working.
0: If there was no coronavirus here as we approach toward the end of April, what would J.D. Byers be doing right now?
3: I would need to look at the exact schedule, but I would be in the midst of a college baseball season and doing a lot of traveling. Uh, You know, right when we were kind of shut down, we were in the middle of an 11-game road stretch where it had started at the University of Arkansas, and you won anyway, that first game.
0: You won your first game there at uh, Bomb Stadium.
3: We did. It was a pretty dominant win. Uh, they went on to win the final two. Then we came back and shuttled over to Baton Rouge and played a midweek game on a Wednesday at LSU. Didn't know at that point at Alec Box Stadium, that'd be the last baseball broadcast of the year. We uh, turned around on Thursday. We're heading to Atlanta to start a three-game series at Georgia State and got up to about Greenville, Alabama, just south of Montgomery, And everybody got the call, said, stop and get lunch if you want. But after that, come on back to Mobile, Alabama.
0: Golly. Well, we know this kind of totally turned everything upside down. Everybody within the athletic department at South Alabama, they're doing the best they can right now?
3: Yeah, we've got a great athletics director, Dr. Joel Erdman. Uh, That name may ring a bell to you, John, back when I was up in North Alabama in Florence, where you and I got to know each each other. He was the athletics director at UNA, so We're working again together here and uh, just a phenomenal leader. The facilities, the teams, the competitiveness uh, and really taking some huge strides at the University of South Alabama under his leadership, including that stadium you alluded to. We're building on campus. Uh, Baseball just opened an 8,500 square feet clubhouse to complement a 4000 seat uh, baseball facility on campus. 10,000-seat basketball arena. It's a great time to be a Jag. Had a great basketball season. A very fiery new head coach here in Richie Riley. Big expectations for him and his career going forward.
0: A lot of excitement. That's why we've got J.D. Byers, the voice of the South Alabama Jaguars, on the Y'all Show. We are South and we are Southern. We don't mean to be stealing y'all's catch line there, J.D., but that's a good one. In fact, i got to pick on you. You talked about the president coming down from the University of North Alabama you're somewhat of a carpetbagger, J.D. You go from the University of North Alabama to the University of South Alabama. What do you think about that?
3: You know, and North Alabama just went Division One, but they did it on the FCS rank. South Alabama went to the FBS, football bowl subdivision, but, but still kind of in the back of my mind's always been, <laughs> if we could get a yearly uh, meeting and make that a civil war uh, about <laughs> fourth <laughs> versus south that'd be a great match
0: it will be we're speaking of rivalries within the heart of dixie we're going to talk to you about the battle for the belt the rivalry you have there with the troy trojans and more but let's talk a little football if you don't mind real quick as in 2019 let's just say it won't go down as one of the greatest seasons for jag football as they only won two games on the season with one conference win against the arkansas state red wolves in your best summation, how would you sum up 2019?
3: The the last part cut out, but I believe you said sum up 2019. Yes, And it was still, I guess you could say, part of the rebuilding and the new uh, era of Steve Campbell, uh, who came in. He's, he's kind of a local guy. He's from uh, just north of Pensacola. Uh, he had, a, had never had a losing record. Uh, and, of course, uh, getting his career started on the FBS side of things had been a little bit... Uh, difficult to start. Uh, he feels like this program is in the tra- tra- trajectory and going in with his guys, and he's had some really good in the signing class as far as personnel coming in. Uh, his coaching staff are very familiar with each other. They have high expectations for 2020. You know, it was a tough year last year. You know, as Southern goes and y'all, uh, it was a tough road to hope last year. Uh, but uh, ending on a high note against Arkansas State is a huge underdog at home. And pulling off that win against the Red Wolves was very, uh, you know, positive going into the offseason. Didn't know we wouldn't have spring football. Barely got into it. Very few teams even had a handful of practices before it was all halted. Uh, but, you know, I, I believe they feel like as a as an entity, the football program is now clicking. It's going in the right direction. And uh, just really want to be able to showcase these guys in 2020.
0: And I'm a nerd on college football, JD, and I think if my memory serves me correct, I was flipping through my ESPN app and I actually tuned in, I think, the home finale at what was Lad Peebles Stadium, the home of the Jaguars, for the beginning of the program up until this very year. And I think it was their home finale against Arkansas State. That was the victory there to wrap up 2019, right? I think I'm right. Yeah.
3: Double-digit underdog. 34-30 was the final in that one. Uh, but a game that was actually a little more dominant, I believe, than it looked for South Alabama that one. It was a close-score uh, game when it was all said and done. Uh, but I think that you could finally see the pieces coming together. The offensive coordinator, Kenny Eddenfield, uh, he and I go back. Uh, we've worked together before at other places, and he kept telling me, he said, I, I know this sounds hard to, to, to digest right now for a Jack fan, but when this clicks, it's going to be a snowball. And when, it, when, when there's some success, this thing's really going to take off because it, the buy-in will be the understanding from the players of the schemes and, and the strategies, and then I think you're going to just see the whole thing gel. Uh, so a good way to win one. And there were others that just kind of got out of their hands. So Georgia Southern was one, the ULM game. Uh, the Texas State game on the road was a, a heartbreaking loss, a short-range missed field goal. Should have been a A double-digit win for the Jags out in San Marcos, but that was another win that really should have happened last year.
0: And that was last year. Steve Campbell returns here for what will be his third season in Mobile, leading the Jaguars in 2020. Now, remember, if you're fairly new to South Alabama Jaguar football, remember, this is a program that's only been playing football on the FBS level for around a decade, maybe even less than that. And they've had success. They've been to two bowl games. Most recently, they went to the Arizona Bowl in the 2016 season. They've defeated a team called Mississippi State. J.D., I know you were on the play for that one. That had to be a lot of fun that day in Stark, Vegas. Huh.
3: Yeah, uh, I get asked a lot. Uh, I've done a lot of interviews since December, especially just kind of about my career and, and, and some of the memorable moments, and that will go down as one of the big ones, obviously, because I think the Jags were a big-time, maybe four-score underdog going into that one. Uh, the day I remember because uh, Mississippi State comes out onto the field and Dan Mullen's wearing shorts. <laughs> <laughs> uh Nick Fitzgerald would be a very heralded quarterback by the time he'd leave Mississippi State. Maybe one of the best to ever play the position at Mississippi State. They took him out, I think, after the first or second series. Just uh, things weren't going, and Dan Mullen, I think, prematurely took him out of the game. That was a big deciding point, and and the Jags win it on a miraculous ending where the Jags had a one-point lead. The last drive, Mississippi State drove down for a very short field goal, missed it off the upright. The Jags, by the way, had actually hit the upright twice earlier in that game on some short field goals, Uh, and and it was something about that upright uh, that day, that time it came back to bite Mississippi State. The Jags won it 21-20. Gerald Everett had the final touchdown grab of the game. The extra point obviously put South Alabama by one, but Gerald Everett was South Alabama's first and only since actual NFL draft pick. And what a uh, career he's already having playing with the, the Rams, a, a really good tight end who's been a great grab for the NFL.
0: Sounds like that win, in Starkville kind of sticks in your mind and you haven't forgotten much about it. I know that was an exciting time. Of course, South Alabama has had Mississippi State come to Mobile and play a home game for USA. They've also had teams – let me try to think who all they've had there. NC State, I believe, has played there. Who else has come to your home stadium?
3: Uh, Navy has been here. Um, uh, those are probably the most notable. Uh, I think you'll probably Oklahoma see a state a new football stadium,
0: Oklahoma state came there too.
3: They did. Uh, they kind of run away with it, uh, <laughs> on us. And I think we returned or owe them one more trip. That was a two for one. Um, but, uh, yeah, the, the, the Navy game was a really good one. Uh, South Alabama had that one in their grasp, got in the end zone twice for the go ahead score with less than a minute to go. The third time. There were, there, were, there were penalty flags. Hmm. And the final penalty to, to kill it uh, was a, uh, a tight end was lined up on the line and was illegal man downfield. And on the third time, of course, Navy kept us out. And uh, they had a remarkable season that year. That would have been a really big win for South Alabama. That Mississippi State game, by the way, you were talking about, uh, on the South Alabama athletic website, uh, USAJaguars.com, under the multimedia tab, Uh, just launched a a program called Jag Rewind, and that game in its entirety is there. A lot of folks, uh, uh, the Jag fans down here, have gone back and kind of made that a podcast and during their afternoon walks or or working out on a treadmill, they've been listening to that and getting uh, some really good reviews. I'm going back and listening to some of those early golden moments.
0: Talking with J.D. Byers, voice of the South Alabama Jaguars. This is the Y'all Show, and I'll make sure to get that link off the USA website and share it with all my Bulldog fans out there and friends. I know they want to relive that Mississippi State loss to South Alabama. We've got to talk about 2020, J.D. This is going to be a season that Steve Campbell hopes to turn things around, and he's going to have a lot of momentum on his side when and if we have a 2020 college football season. And a key part of that momentum will be the arrival of Hancock Whitney Stadium. You talk about a beautiful property. 25,000 seats will be the figure there at this on-campus stadium, leaving historic Lad Peebles Stadium and now heading to their own stadium on the campus of the University of South Alabama. Congratulations on that effort. I've been following you for a long time. I know this was an uphill climb to get this thing off the ground, but I know you've been out there checking it out when you're able to. Brag on Hancock Whitney, if you don't mind, J.D. Yeah,
3: 25,000, maybe 700 seats, and uh, all the bells and whistles. Uh, The cool thing was, when it was time to start selling the tickets and the season tickets, the suites sold out in one day. The loge, which are kind of in front of the the suites uh, at the top, are those sold out within a day. The club, which is a a very exclusive premium that has access to first floor press tower. Uh, There's only like a dozen of those left. Uh, one of the largest video boards in a group of five. It'll be the largest in the Sunbelt Conference. Uh, An end zone building that is four stories uh, that, of course, the first floor will have state-of-the-art dressing rooms. Kind of a neat part there about dressing rooms inside the stadium. A lot of times you're going to see the home team gets the nice digs. The the visiting dressing room here will be as comparable with carpet, same square footage, bath amenities, uh, showers, and you may wonder why in the world no, that's hospitable. But South Alabama has also landed for now the Senior Bowl, which will be played in that stadium, which gets national attention. So, with the North and South NFL uh, pre or, or hopefully NFL uh, caliber guys and NFL coaches and general managers, wanted to offer the same equitable uh, facilities both sides. And there may be a bowl game come as well. Who knows what else? And now, in the Sunbelt, you also uh, you know host the Sunbelt Conference Championship. Uh, in an on-campus site as well. It's the highest ranked team from either the East or the West. So, uh, you know, a lot of amenities are being added. The the Musco lighting that can kind of Twitter and cast designs on the field are there as well. Uh, and right beyond it, that opened about two years ago, the state's largest covered indoor practice facility, which is adjacent to two outdoor fields. There's a, a, an artificial and a natural surface and if you're aerial over these, the way I understand it, all of the 50-yard lines line up. Uh, the connectivity inside the stadium for the cameras, for, for network television, our actual plug-and-play, there's no need to have to pull cable anymore. The the network truck will just pull up, patch into the side of some uh, cabinetry, and then the, the, the cameras can actually go and plug in there. So that makes it very attractive for people like on network, for ESPNs, the CBSs, whoever needs to come in for a bowl game, in fact, or... Or any kind of combines if anybody wants to come, or a, or a high school marquee game that, that seems to be uh, kind of the, the you know the uh, the recruiting games. So there, there's a lot of potential there, and our fans, I believe, are going to really enjoy it. There's not a bad seat in the house, and the ticket sales have been very very brisk.
0: All right, Hancock Whitney Stadium, brand new on the south alabama campus and by the way for those who might be a little familiar with where you're located in mobile where is this new stadium being built there on the campus
3: yeah so you know a lot of people are familiar with downtown mobile that's where mardi gras started it didn't start uh, for several more years or, or, or migrate down to new orleans uh, it all started in mobile alabama so downtown gets a lot of attention land people stadium was not far from downtown some of the camera angles Going in and out of commercial breaks, you can see the skyline, the skyscrapers, of downtown, the tunnels. The campus itself though, is actually out west of I-65 and uh, closer really to the Mississippi state line than Mobile Bay. So the campus uh, west side proper is the home of the new stadium. That was already where the football field house, which is very modern and expansive, is located, the indoor facility, uh, relocated the, uh, the intramural fields. And uh, that's only a stone's throw from the other facilities, like the Mitchell uh, Center Basketball Arena, uh, Jaguar Field, the home of softball, the cage where Jags play soccer, as well as Eddie Stanky Field, a very historic place. Uh, A lot of great college baseball has been played there as well. So that's not far away.
0: I know the folks around Mobile excited and all of lower Alabama. Do some people call you the University of Lower Alabama?
3: I hope not. Uh, (laughs) A lot of other uh, references at times... It's kind of unusual you know we want to be south alabama and we cringe if a network guy recalls us southern alabama <laughs> just the way i was at north alabama would never want to be called northern alabama but it's south alabama but here locally uh it's kind of a colloquialism that uh within about a two three four county area like if i'm down at the grocery store and i see a guy and his son's about to graduate high school where's your kid going to college he's going to south so it, uh, around locally it's just south uh, which, which I kind of like uh, how, how that's referenced
0: and it's we are south for all you fans out there of the Jags we've got some more conversation to do with J.D. Byers voice of the South Alabama Jaguars stay where you are when we come back we're going to talk to him about the Sunbelt Conference heading in to the 2020 season all that right here as we wrap up this first hour of the Y'all Show And we're back on y'all talking about the South, talking a little college football, as we have a spotlight right now on the Sunbelt Conference. And we have a little bit more of a red and blue spotlight on the South Alabama Jaguars. We have the voice of the Jags, J.D. Byers. He's on with us. We've already, in the previous segment, broken down a lot of what is going to happen with South Alabama. Brand new stadium here in 2020. And a lot of excitement heading into this new on-campus stadium for usa and now you have the 2020 football season of which we hope is going to happen on time and everything will play out the way it's supposed to be so the fans walking into hancock whitney stadium here in this 2020 season are going to be thrilled to have football in their brand new stadium last year south alabama only had two wins an fcs win against jackson state and then they did win a sunbelt conference game against arkansas state so this year it's only one way up for south alabama And let's look at the 2020 prognostications coming from the voice of the South Alabama Jaguars, J.D. And J.D., last year, of course, if you rewind to how the 2019 season worked out, it was all Mountaineers. Appalachian State, what an incredible season they had with wins over both North Carolina and South Carolina, only losing one game all year. That was to Georgia Southern. They finished in the top 20, won their bowl game. Got to give a love also to Georgia State with a big win on Rocky Top last year out of the Sun Belt Conference. So right now, going into the 2020, you've got some teams that have a lot of momentum carrying it over from 2019.
7: Yeah,
3: Appalachian State's kind of carrying the torch right now. Uh, they did promote from within, I believe. They lost their head coach who went to Missouri. Prior to that, they had a head coach who was very successful. He's now at Louisville. Uh, But, uh, yeah, when Georgia Southern and Appalachian State get together, that's one of the best rivalries in our conference. In South Alabama, uh, we feel very fortunate to be in a very solid conference. Uh, The Sun Belt's under some great leadership. The current membership is very solid as well. Uh, When you move and you kind of look at the footprint, you go, hey, there's some good football schools in there. But also when you turn into basketball and baseball – yeah, because of the design, the invitations, and getting the right schools to fit in there, they also have a geographic fit where everybody tends to have a travel partner. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you got App State, Coastal Carolina. What a great uh, baseball tradition they've had as well as basketball. Uh, then you got Georgia State, Georgia Southern. No love lost between uh, those guys, but they're a natural travel partner as well. Then you can kind of pair us with Troy. There's a great in-state rivalry that gets some national TV attention as well. And then you got uh, some exposure over to the Louisiana. You got Monroe up in the top. You got Louisiana, the Raging Cajuns, Dan and Lafayette. Uh, a couple of Texas schools. You got UT Arlington that does not play football. Texas State does. And then up in uh, uh, Arkansas, you got Arkansas State and of course uh, Little Rock. They used to be called UALR. They do not play football. They have launched some studies to to kind of think about football. Not real sure where that stands right now, but. You look across basketball, we're, we're trying to become more than a one-bid league for the NCAA tournament. Uh, I think you've seen some great uh, competitiveness moving forward. South Alabama being one of those teams this year, getting to the 20 wins without even having a conference tournament, all that was bailed, as most were across the country. Uh, and baseball, I believe, is where you're going to see some of the best uh, in the entire country, where some Sunbelt, a lot of members, at least half of them, when they go on the road or host somebody, they are a feared a uh, bunch of guys, South Alabama, Louisiana, Coastal Carolina, won a national championship. Troy's been very good as of late on the diamond as well.
0: Yes, and it's been, an, of course, Coastal Carolina won that national championship just prior to joining the Sun Belt Conference in baseball. And we know what Appalachian State's history is in football. And, of course, Georgia Southern has a, a long history as well. In fact, I've got some video right now. I'm going to play going back to that game last year at Lad Peebles between the Jags and Georgia Southern. Uh, uh, not so good day i guess one of the many losses for the jags of 2019 but still some good offensive moments for jaguar fans in that game and as we enter 2020 jd i want to ask you if you had to guess who are going to be the football contenders for the sunbelt conference here this year
3: you know it's it's going to be tough um, louisiana retained a very talented coach we thought may be gone uh billy napier Uh, has really taken into some new heights to the championship game of the Sun Belt two years, and uh, he's still there. And He assigned a contract extension. He was being courted heavily by Mississippi State. Billy Napier, a former disciple, uh, assistant to Nick Saban up in Tuscaloosa. He's got a very good resume. He's been a a high-ranking assistant out at uh, Arizona State prior to coming to Louisiana. I think that's where you're going to see probably uh, the biggest opposition of the West, which South Alabama plays in the West Division. Over in the East, I believe still the team to focus and and, and look at, the big contender is going to be Appalachian State until somebody knocks them off that perch.
0: Yeah, they were very good last year. They've been very good. In fact, have they won the Sun Belt three years in a row or something like that?
3: Yeah. Uh, (laughs) The last really bad outing Appalachian State had was 2014, South Alabama went their first trip to Boone, North Carolina, Kid Brewer Stadium. And there's been some big ones played at Kid Brewer uh, from their times in Division II and FCS. And South Alabama went and hung 40 plus on them. Brandon Bridge was the South Alabama quarterback. And uh, that was an embarrassment to the Mountaineers <laughs> because they're not used to that. They're used to winning, they're used to 10 plus win seasons. And uh, they turned the ship around nobody's embarrassed to have state since then. And they have been a very dominant, consistent program under whatever coach they've had.
0: Let's talk about that team in the heart of Dixie besides your South Alabama Jaguars, that team that plays in the wiregrass and the battle for the belt, the Troy Trojans. Where is that game going to be played here in 2020? Will it be at Hancock Whitney?
3: That, that's one of the reasons we wanted to open this stadium in 2020 uh, and not let that drag into 21 because uh, two big games are coming to Hancock-Whitney for 20. Uh, obviously, we're going to open that stadium at home against Gr- uh, Grambling. The uh, other two that are going to be big marquee games, the UAB Blazers are coming mm-hmm. south. That's a non-conference in-state rivalry. Last year, the Blazers really got the best of us up at Legion Field in Birmingham. And, and of course, we get Troy at home this year. That's kind of a bittersweet one for me personally. Uh There's a head coach there who I played with in college. Uh, Chip Lindsey and I were old teammates, and uh, we go back, as a matter of fact, where back during recruiting, they would pair you with a player. You'd come in, you'd go to dinner, the parents would be there, the the players who were going to be entertaining the, the, the recruits and prospects, the coaches, everybody would have a nice dinner. Then mom and dad would go back to the hotel, coaches would go home, and then the, the prospects would go and kind of get a tour of the stadium, uh, the you know the facilities and, and the campus, and and uh, we would you know take them out and then take them back to the hotel. My very first uh, player I ever entertained was Chip Lindsay. and we uh, formed a great uh, friendship. But now we're on opposite sides, wearing different colors in the same league in the same state. But I, I've always wished him great luck, and I think Chip Lindsay's a great football coach, and I wish him a lot of luck, except for that one game every
0: year. <laughs> You know, oddly enough, I have not seen you, J.D., until today. And, of course, this is a virtual way to see you. We can't go give each other a big old bear hug like I know you want me to do. But I did hear you on the radio, which I got to give the South Alabama Jaguar Radio Network a big shout out. I heard you in downtown Birmingham, as y'all have a really good affiliate there in the middle portion of the state of Alabama. Is it the the source or something like that that you're all carried on?
3: Yeah, uh, I think you uh, you cut out a little. I think you're asking about the radio network, mm-hmm. which uh, we're now on eleven stations in the state of Alabama. Some which uh, spill over into the states of Mississippi, Georgia, and Florida, and some even into South Mississippi as well. But eleven stations, and our you know we got a great home flagship r- partnership relationship with iHeart. And the good thing about iHeart, there's seven stations under one roof here in Mobile. They They promote us on all of them. In the mobile market, we're on two locally, uh, a sports station and a rock station that's on a big 100,000 watt stick. But then the other goal and mission was to get in those markets with the highest population and then grow from there. So thanks to some great radio affiliate partners, we are in the rocket cities. We're in Huntsville, Decatur, Athens. We're in the Shoals, we're in Northwest Alabama. We're in Birmingham, we're in Montgomery, Prattville. Uh, you can hear us on two stations when you're in Troy, Alabama. That was by design. <laughs> really? <laughs> a little, so you can hear us real clear in the home of our rival, but you're also into the wiregrass, uh, Dothan, Enterprise, Ozark, Alabama. And now we, you know, we'd like to grow up into Sand Mountain, maybe, uh, Jackson, Scottsboro area. We'd like to have a home somewhere around no- Northport, Tuscaloosa, perhaps as well. So, uh. But, it, but it's a lot of fun and uh, able to take that message statewide. It's a big part of growing the South Alabama message.
0: I just want to know, can you hear the Jags on the radio in places like Waterloo, Alabama and Bayou Batre, Alabama?
3: Both of those. Uh, <laughs> in, in the boat. Uh, Waterloo in the northwest corner. Uh, they are on the banks of the Tennessee River in Lauderdale County. You can pick it up. I think it's on 101.5 and then in Bayou La Batre. Uh, down here where uh, all the fish come in and, and the shrimp. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can hear us on 961 the Rockets, uh, an iHeart station as well. Some great radio partners that, that help us take that message. A lot, lot of great places uh, in the state of Alabama. I, I remember Keith Jackson used to always want to uh, slide in one of those great Alabama towns when he'd be broadcasting the Iron Bowl. And one year he was talking about uh, after a stellar finish, he said, there'll be a party in East Toboga tonight. And uh, you got to know East of Boga, I think, is just east of Talladega, I believe. It's somewhere in that area, but it's a very small community, and Keith Jackson squeezes that one into a broadcast. East of not that far from where he grew up. He's, he's from Carrollton, Georgia. Mm-hmm. Uh, everybody equates him from being from the Pacific Northwest, but he actually grew up just outside of Atlanta.
0: Well, he had a great voice. J.D. Byers has a great voice. But while we're bragging on the South Alabama radio network, J.D., I got to brag on, since we're a Southern show, and y'all market yourself as we are Southern, how about maybe the most Southern voice I've heard on a radio broadcast or TV broadcast in a long, long time, and that's Lauren, your sideline reporter.
3: Yeah, Lauren's been doing some uh, ESPN for us. (laughs) Uh, She actually went to North Alabama, uh, a former Lion, uh, got her degree the same place my wife and I graduated, and uh, she's been doing some sidelines. She's had aspirations of, of being a sideline reporter uh, and has tagged along and learned from some of the greats. Uh, she and Holly Rowe have actually developed quite a friendship. Uh, she's worked a lot of the SEC Network, Friday Night Heights, gymnastics events, uh, learning and trying to make those connections. You know, it's yeah. it's not always about how good you are, and uh, but it is who you know a lot of times. Uh, Because, you know, you make those connections and people want to hire people they know and have confidence in and and know they're good people. And and Lauren is good people, as we say, in the South. And uh, she's made some very good relationships. And
0: she's got a pretty good Southern voice, too, right? she's southern (laughs) we are southern and she is definitely that well again the 2020 edition of the south alabama jaguars is going to be up and going we hope as fast as possible with that home opener at hancock whitney against grambling and road games this year not far away from mobile they'll be in hattiesburg to take on the southern miss golden eagles also a road game in the swamp against the florida gators and a home game as jd was mentioning the blazers come down from birmingham They shoot right down Interstate 65 into Hancock-Whitney Stadium for a big home game between the Jags and the Blazers. So, looks like it's going to be an exciting season for not only the South Alabama Jaguars, but also Sun Belt Conference football. J.D. Byers, voice of the South Alabama Jags, kind enough to come on today's y'all show. J.D., thank you for your time, and we wish you and the Jags all the best throughout the virus whenever this thing will hurry up and end so your beautiful bride can get back on the beach in her y'all hat. And and we can uh, have a little football
3: and and, you know for people who may have been exposed to this interview or segment because they they they, maybe they're a friend of mine on facebook or something if you've not been exposed to y'all y'all.com y'all tv go look at go look at this it's wonderful it is southern you're going to get recipes (laughs) you're going to find the great chefs in the south from texas to north carolina lord up into here I, i love your site uh recipes and and gardening and and home life it's all there and it it relates to us down here in the deep south
0: hey jd you know what we say here y'all we are southern so thank you (laughs) for the nice kind words jd byers everybody that will wrap up this hour of the y'all show you stay right where you are when we come back an hour two we're going to have a little bit more sports headlines that have gone on throughout the south here in the last couple days there are other sports happenings besides college football you know and we also have our barbecue barrister making his weekly appearance right here on the show and we'll talk to him about grilling and so much more all that right here on the show that is indeed all about the south we are southern we're the y'all show we'll be right back
6: It's totally
1: normal to be constipated with belly pain straining and bloating again and again. No way. Maybe it's occasional constipation. Maybe it's not. You could have a chronic
2: condition called irritable bowel syndrome with constipation or IBSC. Linzess or linaclotide is a prescription that treats IBSC in adults. Linzess works differently than laxatives to help relieve belly pain and let you have more frequent and complete bowel movements. Individual results may vary. Do not give to children less than 6 and it should not be given to children 6 to less than 18. It may harm them. Do not take Linzess if you have a bowel blockage. Get immediate help if you develop unusual or severe stomach pain, especially with bloody or black stools. The most a common side effect is diarrhea, sometimes severe. If it's severe, stop taking Linzess and call your doctor right away. Other side effects include gas, stomach area pain, and swelling. Maybe it's not occasional constipation. Learn more at linzess.com or call one eight hundred L I N Z E S S. You may be able to talk to a doctor online. Visit linzess.com. Sponsored by Allergan and Ironwood.
4: We first opened about ten years ago. We were we we're small, just a few of us, but it was exciting. I always dreamt of having my own business. It was kind of slow at first, but things started picking up. We had big plans. But in our wildest dreams, we never, never thought we'd have this much work. Yeah, with so many businesses caught off guard by the storm, reed
2: waste management has never been busier.
1: What will become of your business after a disaster? Nearly two-thirds of businesses aren't prepared for an emergency
0: We're back to talk a little bit more sports hope you don't mind this is the y'all show our second hour our barbecue barrister matt hereman's is he's right here waiting on us so let's knock out right here to begin this hour what we call sports Yap, a quick look at some sports happenings across the south as well as other things going on nationwide that would be applicable here to our sports fan of dixie first off let me remind you in case you don't know the nfl draft it's going to go virtual and it's going to happen this thursday as teams will kind of hunker down in their own homes in some cases maybe they will have a chance to get together in some areas of their particular nfl facility but yes the nfl draft begins on thursday 8 p.m eastern is the start time where round one will happen then round two and three will happen on friday starting at seven eastern six central then on saturday you got rounds four through seven beginning at high noon eastern on saturday so three days of the 2020 NFL Draft. Now, to watch it, you can tune in to ABC and ESPN, as well as the NFL Network, to see the Thursday coverage. On Friday, ABC, ESPN, ESPN Two, as well as the NFL Network, have it. And those networks generally coming back as well on Friday and as uh, Saturday as well. And so, the NFL Draft going forward. To kudos to the NFL for pulling this off. I mean, we need a, a distraction for sure. And if you tune in to the NFL Draft. I pulled up NBC Sports' projection of the first-round picks. No surprise, the LSU great Joe Burrow projected to go number one to the Cincinnati Bengals in this draft. NBC's got Chase Young, Ohio State's player there on the defense, going to the Washington Redskins. The Miami Dolphins picking the Alabama quarterback Tua Tagliola to go number three in the draft pick. Now, CBS, NBC, and more are all projecting a bunch of draft day maneuvers where people are trading up and more. According to NBC, the Giants are going to go with Tristan Wirfs out of Iowa, offensive tackle there. As you move on in the draft, you have a player for Ohio State, Jeff Okada, going to the Detroit Lions. The Chargers going with Justin Herbert of the Oregon Ducks, a quarterback there on the West Coast. Back to the South now, and Clemson's Isaiah Simmons expected to go to the Carolina Panthers. He's a defensive playmaker coming out of Clemson, perhaps just scooting up I-85 to Charlotte for the Panthers cardinals going with the nbc projection louisville offensive tackle Mackie becton and then finally as far as top 10 picks here according to nbc the tampa bay Buccaneers is going to go with georgia bulldog offensive tackle and drew thomas those are just some of the so-called projections so far as we get ready for thursday's nfl draft but interesting stuff to see if we have these last minute maneuvers as far as people trading up and And finding ways to make this draft even more exciting. Right now, we're all on the edge of our seat looking for something sports wise to happen, and this could be the first thing in about a month that'll make us pay attention. Because of the COVID 19 impact and the lasting impact, Major League Baseball is having to do things that really you would never think Major League Baseball would be doing, probably ever but certainly not here in the beginning of uh, mid middle of April and almost to the beginning of May when they ought to be well within the first month of the regular season. Major League Baseball now laying out plans to have coaches and managers essentially get laid off starting on May 1st, and again, who would have ever, ever thought that? Rob Manfred, the commissioner, has made a move that allows teams to lay off or cut the pay of major and minor league managers, coaches, trainers, and full-time scouts starting on the 1st of May. Manfred has already suspended uniform employee contacts that cover about 9,000 people, and that includes GMs and some teams, as Manfred cited the inability to play games due to the national emergency caused by the coronavirus pandemic. Interesting, though, in that I didn't mention I didn't mention players, as this plan doesn't include players, in this potential laying off of coaches and managers starting on May 1st there for Major League Baseball. A sign of the times, Louisville Slugger out of Louisville, Kentucky, has furloughed staff and has closed its factory and museum in Louisville, Kentucky. When you don't have baseball being played, I guess you don't need new bats being made. As the company that owns Louisville Slugger, Hillary and Bradmey, They are going to be, they furloughed 171 people and also shut down the museum. If you've ever been to Louisville, they got that gigantic baseball bat there in downtown. But unfortunately for baseball fans, Louisville Slugger, just one of many, many companies that are doing things that many, again, thought we'd ever, never see. And here we are seeing it. But hopefully baseball will be back maybe come sometime in May, perhaps into June Let's go to basketball news and we'll tell you that Baylor all Big 12 guard Jared Butler has entered the transfer portal. Or rather no, he's not leaving he's not going to the transfer portal. He's going to go if it all works out for Jared Butler to the NBA draft. As again, he was an all Big 12 guard, he's entered his name into the draft pool while keeping open his option to return to the Baylor Bears for his junior season he announced his intentions on monday on twitter meaning the top two scores from baylor's last year where they were 26 and 4 and potentially could have won a national championship if there had been a darn ncaa march madness tournament as yes it's uh, coach bryce there done a great job there with the butler with, with the well he's from butler but uh i said Br- <laughs> coach drew Bryce Drew is his brother who coached at Vanderbilt and this particular Drew has done an amazing job coaching the Baylor Bears and they're having a restock here with some of their great players this team that went 26 and 4 and now Jared Butler six foot three, who led Baylor with 16 points a game now hopes to take his talent to the next level now last month junior Macio O'Teague said he was going to go try the NBA draft and he was an all second team big 12 pick there out of waco texas more college basketball news and this is good news for memphis tiger fans former virginia tech forward landers nolly has chosen to go to the bluff city and suit up for the tigers he chose memphis over the mississippi land sharks and the georgia bulldogs and he's going to have to sit out this spring the top sit out transfer this spring is landers nolly but He's leaving the ACC, 6'7", announced in mid-March that he was leaving Tech after earning ACC All-Freshman honors and an honorable mention spot on the ACC All-ACC team. An Atlanta native, he averaged 15.5 points and 5.8 rebounds last year. He redshirted his first year in Blacksburg due to an academic issue, but it looks like he'll be going to Coach Hardaway and the Memphis Tigers sooner than later. And lastly, to the world of women's college basketball here on the Y'all Show Tuesday edition. Hey, a big pickup for the Arkansas Razorbacks. This graduate transfer, Destiny Slocum, was the National Freshman of the Year at Maryland. Not this year, but a few years ago. She left Maryland and went on to play at Oregon State. And now for her final season of college basketball, she's heading to the SEC as she'll be able to play immediately as a graduate transfer she's a five foot seven fifth year guard and again a graduate transfer that can play immediately she played high school in meridian idaho and ended up again going to a couple of schools before she's now going to wrap up her career to the arkansas razorbacks so a big pickup for arkansas which had a good season last year arkansas's women's basketball team was 24 and 8 and 10 and 6 and sec play so strengthening the hogs with the addition of destiny slocum to the lady razorbacks of 2020 2021 and that is a quick look at sports Yap here to get this hour started when we come back we're going to get the party started with matt hermans our barbecue barrister he's going to talk a little potato salad creole season and the great city of charleston south carolina all that is coming up This is the show all about the South. Welcome back to the Y'all Show. And is your tummy making sounds? Are you getting a little hungry? Are you ready for some good food talk and barbecue barrister talk? Yes, you are. And we're not going to hold our barbecue barrister in the shadows anymore. It's time right here on the show that's all about the South to let Mr. Matt Heerman's come back on the show and i've got some surprises as i often do here with him and a whole lot of fun everybody hold your applause okay now let's hear it for our barbecue barrister
7: matt hermans
0: hello sir
7: hello hello i'm, I'm ready for these surprises i'm mm-hmm. on the edge of my seat, literally
0: yes you are and we do have surprises as i said lots of really fun surprises Great surprises, Matt Hermans. Okay, so we've talked a lot about some sides that go along with barbecue. We've talked a lot about barbecue with you, but we really haven't spoken about two of these items that I'm going to bring up. And then, as a fun escape from the coronavirus, you and I are going to go, in our minds at least, to a place that is near and dear to me that I haven't been to in quite some time. And it's a place maybe not quite so near and dear to you, but you've actually just come from there before the shutdown. So yeah, we're going to go to Charleston and get some of Matt Herman's right. great cuisine. Maybe what he was able to do right before everything got shut down. So that's coming up in the next segment, but let's first, if you don't mind, let's kind of bring two things together that, that sometimes are brought together and that's potato salad and seasoning specifically, the, the maybe not Cajun seasoning, but the Creole seasoning that you'll sometimes find in the grocery store, the Tony Sacheries of the world. And I want to get your thoughts on potato salad and also how you can mix in some seasoning and more and just seasoning as well. Is that too much of an ask of you here today?
7: <laughs> not at all. Not okay. at all. All
0: right. Well, we'll, we'll start out with potato salad, if you don't mind. So, oh, yeah. Matt Hermans. You have, like me, a little bit of an European heritage. Yours is more of a Denmark, or or is it more? No, yours is more Netherlands and Dutch. Mine's more of the yeah. the the southern Germany portion. The Baden 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 Württemberg is where my my folks come from. So potato salad is kind of a big deal in that part of the world, and it's kind of a yeah. big deal here in this part of the world. So just immediately when I say potato potato salad, Matt Heermans, What say you?
7: Immediately, I think of you know the great the great divide, uh, you know the um, <laughs> uh, the 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 Grand Canyon of uh, of uh, you know division. You got the the regular creamy potato salad and the mustard potato salad, right? Yes, I mean, that's kind of the the divide. I happen to be a mustard guy myself. Um, I like all potato salad. Um and I think if we talk about seasoning and maybe putting a little spice to it we'll probably go that route but uh I guess I would fall on the on the yellow on the mustard side of the potato salad how about you
0: I like mustard no doubt about it I do it just it looks really pretty to be honest with you
7: Yeah it is a nice color but uh I think it adds a little bit of tang that's kind of what I grew up eating is the mustard salad again i'm not going to force the regular mayo salad off my plate but uh, I you know the mustard is uh you know I, i'm gonna go with mustard team mustard team yes. yellow
0: yes let's let's go up against all those other faux potato salads. so I, I know i'm kind of not coming here with a lot of advice and how to pull this segment off so if you can i know you've got a very large brain inside there and below that hat you're wearing uh can you kind of recite as best you can any kind of ingredients and how to whip up said potato salad that is of a mustard yeah. variety?
7: Absolutely. So, we'll start, you know, kind of start with the, with the basics, uh, which, and they all start the same, right? So, you're going to have mayo, you're going to have potatoes, um, usually cooked, I mean, well, first of all, not usually cooked, must be cooked, uh, what I should have said is usually we have the red potatoes, um, the little red German potatoes. You're not going to have a big, uh, what, the like Idaho russet, um, you know, Yukon gold or whatever these, you know, baked potato, right? The big, big mm-hmm. brown one. You're not going to use those for potato salad necessarily. You're going to use little red German potatoes and you're going to boil them until they're soft because a potato that isn't boiled or cook properly uh, you know it's like an apple except uh, not delicious at all so we am gonna start with cooked potatoes either way um most people cube them um whatever size you like is good some people like skin on the potato salads people like skin off the potato salad
0: and you're a skin on or skin off kind of guy
7: Ah, uh, you know what i am uh i'm extremely divisive on the mustard question but i'm extremely inclusive on the skin question
0: (laughs) (laughs) you liberal you
7: yeah i'm extremely divisive and it's very inclusive and tolerant at the same time so um no i like i like either way but uh, it starts with mayo you're gonna have chives you're gonna have diced onions some people put you know after that you got a little bit of seasoning salt and pepper uh some people like a little bit of sugar in there um then, of course, if you go the mustard route, you take that recipe there and you just add mustard to it. So just because it's mustard potato salad, it still starts with mayo. You, you, you can't put pure mustard in there and mix it in. It's going to be a mustard bomb from, from you know where. So uh, those are the basics. Cooked potatoes, red potatoes, dye, skin on or skin off is okay. Now, we talked a little bit at the beginning about seasoning, and you mentioned Tony Sacheray's, Creole Cajun seasoning, very similar
0: Um, is there a difference between creole and cajun seasoning
7: well the seasoning itself uh, i think it's pretty similar you're going to have onion powder you're going to have green pepper powder you're going to have some heat from cayenne as far as the cajun people and creole people that's a whole different show john but uh, uh i think the seasonings are similar you're talking about essentially a spicy kind of a dehydrated trinity uh with some cayenne so got to be careful with it they're real salty if anybody's ever uh tried tony sachere slap your mama there's all kinds of different brands out there you know that with the heat comes very a lot of salt so uh very tasty i'm a big fan of those seasonings myself especially if i'm going to cook a cajun dish but you got to go easy on it so spicy potato salad definitely a thing um a little bit of tony sachere's goes a long way um, there's some regional hot sauce brands that are really good. If you're going to start with may- maya potato salad and make it spicy. So crystal happens to be my favorite. Uh, you've got Louisiana, which has the red dot on it. There is uh Texas Pete, I think out of North Carolina. Um, I don't know where Frank's red hot from. I prefer crystal or Louisiana myself, but everybody's got their favorite hot sauce. I think, um, that you're kind of loyal to i buy huge bottles of crystal and go through it but that's really easy you make a potato salad you start with the mayo base add a little bit of hot sauce maybe a dash of the tony's and then all of a sudden you've got cajun or you've got blackened potato salad so um really good stuff really a lot of options out there
0: you never disappoint matt hereman's our barbecue barrister tell
7: my wife that tell my wife that yeah uh
0: wife Matt, <laughs> our barbecue barrister, he never disappoints.
7: All right, all right. I like it, I like it.
0: And that's no April Fool's joke here. <laughs> We're talking to Matt Herman's, our barbecue barrister. This is the Y'all Show. We're having fun. little potato salad talk, and we've got Charleston talk coming up as well. So... Do you, I, I know you don't want to necessarily endorse anybody but are you okay with tony sachery's because to me that seems like the the cadillac the mcdonald's of all those creole seasonings are Are you okay with that product
7: <laughs> the cadillac and the mcdonald's Yeah, that uh, yeah. <laughs> seems like opposite ends of the spectrum but let, uh,
0: let me clarify for our louisiana fans this is kind of like the popeyes of creole seasoning uh, yeah, yeah. It,
7: I, it, I see what you mean it's yeah. the uh You know, uh, Kleenex is is nasal tissue, right? It's that. Yeah, I I know what you mean. I think think it's great. I think there are other brands that are great out there, too. You know, there's Adorans. There's Slap Your Mama. I, I like Tony's. i mean i I always have and i just call it Tony's. i think a lot of people do but i like i like it a lot it's good
0: if you've ever been around louisiana and i know you have and many of our listeners and viewers here on the y'all show if you ever get within let's say 500 miles of louisiana you're going to start seeing all these different types of hot sauces that you've never heard of because i think honestly every other person in louisiana has their own hot sauce so the question to you matt Herman's. Are the seasonings from Louisiana as numerous as the hot sauce varieties?
7: I would say more. Oh, I'm mean, really there, there are there are so many seasonings. Um, you know, the one I didn't even mention is the most obvious is Tabasco. Big Tabasco fan.
0: Well, I know uh, they've got hot sauce, so they have seasoning.
7: Oh, right, right. I, I was kind of backtracking a little bit, but uh, yeah, there's all kinds of sea. every gas station, particularly South Louisiana at the K D N. That's kind of what we're talking about. There's so many seasonings. There's five different varieties of Tony's, but there's five different varieties of Your Mama. There's Zataran's. <laughs> I mean, we've talked about it before. I think one of our listeners wrote in that white pepper makes everything better. Well, I like white pepper a lot, and this makes me think of uh, a brand out of, I want to say Opelousas, but I could be wrong. I've mentioned it before Slappy Mama. That's another kind of seasoning. They have a white pepper-based cajun seasoning which is unique um if you like white pepper you should look into that go to the website i guess they have one but oh yeah there's seasonings galore you could go to any little shop around and there's, there's more seasonings and there's more seasonings in louisiana than there are barbecue seasonings in memphis and that's saying a heck of a lot because i know uh i know you've been and you've seen how many seasonings there are there but there's tons everybody's got their seasoning in louisiana
0: If I can confess, Matt Herman's our barbecue barrister and just an all-around barbecue snob. I'll go ahead and say that. I've spent time in Memphis. You've spent time in Memphis. But, son, I'm no guy that's going to go around all over Memphis researching barbecue sauces and other products. So, I'll just have to take your word. I'm a rendezvous kind of guy and a couple of other ones, and I'm okay with that.
7: Okay. All right. Yeah, well, long story short. There's a heck of a lot of seasonings, and there's a heck of a lot of Cajun seasonings in Louisiana. I mean, dozens, right? Okay.
0: Dozens. Well, I'm glad you clarified. And going back to what we originally were talking about here, those seasonings from Louisiana, our great Pelican State, will be a, no matter what the brand, will be an additional wonderful addition to your potato salad. Am I am I deciphering that from you, sir?
7: Absolutely. A little sprinkle in your mayo based potato salad, maybe a couple, maybe more than a couple dashes of your favorite hot sauce. And you got yourself a nice uh, nice Creole, nice Louisiana, Gulf Coast-style potato salad.
0: Ooh, Good delicious stuff. Exactly the kind of thing, Matt Hermans, that I want to hear coming from you as we get ready to take a break. When we come back on the other side of this little timeout, we'll have a little potato salad and seasoning waiting for us. When we come back, we're going to go from Acadiana and the great Louisiana Pelican State to the low country of South Carolina – where Matt Hermans just before the whole world shut down back in March he was brave enough to go to Charleston and spend a little time maybe had a little chance to get some food and we're going to talk about that we've been holding off this conversation throughout this whole coronavirus And when we come back, we're going to learn a little bit more about his quick trip over to the Palmetto State. And we're going to actually, if you're able to watch us right now on Facebook Live or catch us on our YouTube channel, you'll be able to see some of the great scenery from Charleston. We'll mix in some audio visual stuff for you, courtesy of our barbecue barrister, Matt Heermans. And that conversation is coming up right after this break.
1: Do you have constipation with belly pain, straining, and bloating that keeps coming back? Take the five-question gut check to see if it could be more than occasional constipation. It could be irritable bowel syndrome with constipation, or IBSC. Linzess, or linaclotide is a prescription medication that treats IBSC in adults. Linzess is not a laxative. It works differently. Linzess helps relieve belly pain and lets you have more frequent and complete bowel movements
2: individual results may vary do not give to children less than six and it should not be given to children six to less than 18 it may harm them do not take lens s if you have a bowel blockage get immediate help if you develop unusual or severe stomach pain especially with bloody or black stools the most common side effect is diarrhea sometimes severe if it's severe stop taking lens s and call your doctor right away other side effects include gas stomach area pain and swelling
1: Talk to your doctor about whether Linzess is right for you. Go to Linzess.com to take the five-question gut check. That's L-I-N-Z-E-S-S.com or call 1-800-LINZESS.
5: Cobblestone streets, the steebles looking down on oh, the battery, the top sails and the Clydesdales pulling people all around, the ocean breeze and the live trees. God, I'm going to miss this town, but you can have Charleston.
0: And this is the Y'all Show. We are continuing on with more of our barbecue barrister, Matt Heerman's. He's got the grill in the backyard ready to go. Perhaps you have your grill ready to go. We're all cooped in, ready to do something fun and grilling. And eating great barbecue and southern cuisine is just the right thing to get us past this. That is, until we can get our sea legs back and our ground legs back and we can hit the roads and hit the air of the South if you're lucky enough to fly to our destinations of the South. In fact, speaking of air travel, it was just before the world came to a crashing halt a couple of weeks ago that our barbecue barrister Matt Heermans was able to travel to Charleston, South Carolina for a little business and perhaps a little barbecue business as well. And we haven't had a chance to talk to him about his quick trip over to the Holy City and specifically about the food that he was able to get there. Plus, he went there probably about two years before as well. So, Barbecue Barrister, please don't hold back. Tell me what cuisine from Charleston, South Carolina, you were able to enjoy. And me, being a little bit of a Charleston insider, I can weigh in if I agree or disagree. So, how about it?
7: All right. Well, I want to... uh Yeah, I want to say that uh, for anybody who lives in that area, you're very lucky. I love Charleston, and um, the the few times I've been there, I consider it to be, uh, yeah, just very fortunate to be able to go, because it's really an incredible city. Um, Anybody who's ever been there understands that. It's kind of a magical place. It it is uh,
0: definitely that. It's considered one of the top tourist destinations in the entire world. I think it's certainly number one in this country from Condé Nast magazine but that we can brag about all the great things in Charleston but one of the things Charleston's known for Matt Herman's food, food. food.
7: absolutely uh, and uh, you know the, me and my my lovely wife we spent uh, about a week there a couple of years ago and we did get to eat some food um, and we ate uh, we ate lots of food in fact uh, <laughs>
0: <laughs> nothing wrong with that
7: <laughs> no no yeah we uh, you know you, my pants a little tight on the way back on the plane but we had, you know, the things that you would expect that you would want to get in Charleston. That's what I, I firmly believe in, you know, eating regionally and then, you know, super regionally, I guess, wherever you go, you don't want to eat the same thing you could get in uh, any other place. So we ate a lot of oysters, um, a lot of raw oysters. Uh, I was, I was intrigued by the different, uh, the different areas that they had oysters from, from the Chesapeake Bay, from South Carolina, all the way up to New England and some of these places, all different, all great. We uh, we ate at a restaurant called Blossom on, the, I forget what street it's on, you probably know, but uh, maybe Bay, Bay. East Bay,
0: East Bay meeting Bay, yeah, King East Street.
7: Bay. Yeah, East Bay. Um, had some really good, uh, I think I had some, some blue crab stuffed raviolis, and we had some uh fried green tomatoes some of the better ones i've ever had um we ate shrimp and grits why
0: were they so good what did they do different there
7: yeah you know i think with the with the green tomato it's it's really hard to get a crispy uh crust Mm -hmm. tomatoes are wet so obviously the reason you're frying the green tomato and not the red one is because the red one is very soft and it disintegrates. You can never fry it properly. Green green tomatoes are tangy and they're unripe. So that means they're firm and you can actually fry them without them disintegrating. But it still takes a magic touch to get that perfect crispness on the outside and maintain kind of a juicy, hot tomato. It's kind of magic if you can get it right. Um, so... I have to give a shout-out to the, the folks at Blossom there on East Bay, one of the better uh, green tomatoes I've ever had. And it was topped with uh, with blue crab. So, I Ooh. mean, pretty good way to go. Um, and and bl- it,
0: blue crab is something Charleston's known for, and you being a guy who's an expert on all things southern, including the Gulf cuisine, are blue crabs something you'll find in the Gulf of Mexico?
7: absolutely blue okay. crabs are incredibly uh common along the gulf up to north carolina um about that area so okay. if you take yeah you take texas all the way around florida up to north carolina i think that's where they thrive and they're all over the place uh they and they are they are delicious um one of the i'm partial to them but i think anybody's had blue crabs if you've had a soft shell crab you've had a blue crab oh
0: um, i did not know that
7: really really good one of the most flavorful crabs so we ate a lot of crab we had a lot of seafood we had shrimp and grits we had uh where'd you have
0: shrimp and grits do you remember
7: oh man we ate so many places John. oh you know what okay we had a we had a little bit of a non-traditional we we ate at a brewery called craftsman um i'm a big you know i like local beer i like craft beer i like being able to drink beer that's made in the place that i'm going Mm Mm-hmm. And uh, they had an interesting. They had a they had a try a fried uh, shrimp square. It was like a deep fried square of, of grits. Pardon me. And then the shrimp was on top of it with the sauce. It was one of these like modern kind of deconstructed deal. But the fried uh, grit cake was amazing. So um, not your typical shrimp and grits. But I've had a lot of shrimp and grits, and it's one of my favorite dishes. And this was really cool. It was a really good way to eat along with some some local craft beer. So again shout out to that place the craftsman really cool spot
0: i'm glad i asked the question see that's the kind of knowledge you would have been holding back from us and yeah. to quote your fellow houston texas a star just like you're a star a guy named kenny rogers you got to know when to hold him and know when to fold him. and we want to fold that yeah r.i.p kenny rogers houston texas is on but that's where shrimp and grits – I'm a little partial to the shrimp and grits of the low country, especially if you have little pieces of bacon in there and what we call the – what is that uh, – I'm having to draw in a blank. When you make your uh, red-eye gravy – sorry, I haven't had it in a while – red-eye gravy, which is like yeah. coffee, and, and you put on grits, and it's just delicious. Have that yeah, with some I- good country ham.
7: I have to say, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling a little bit torn here, um mm-hmm. because, you know, I feel like there are two kind of famous, triple grits, obviously a very southern dish. You can get it from all on the Gulf Coast up to, like I say, North Carolina or so. I feel like there are two main kinds. You kind of got the Gulf Coast style that has the Cajun bent to it. A lot of times it'll have andouille sausage. you will have some, uh, you know, some of that Cajun, uh, Trinity, there base, it'll be a darker sauce. I love that, but, and that's kind of my neck of the woods. That's, that's what you get around where I live. And I'm a huge fan of that. I, I'm, I love it, but, I, <laughs> but. I have to say, but, uh, the tomato kind of tomato based with crunchy bacon that I had in South Carolina, totally different. Really fantastic. I, I've actually I actually bought a cookbook there because I liked it so much, and I've actually done a Charleston style recipe shrimp and grits more times than I've done kind of my local Gulf Coast style. So I feel like a traitor a little bit, but I have to agree. Uh, really fantastic, and the the style over there really subtle. I would call it kind of a subtle, but a bacony and kind of a tomato based sauce. Really incredible. I'm a huge fan. I, I've it's my favorite. I'll I'm just not- put it.
0: Not sure what recipe book you got, but just... Lee, brother. Okay. Well, let me give you a little insider tip. In fact, as a consolation prize for you having to leave Charleston so early because of the coronavirus, we'll try to get a copy of this shipped to you at your plantation. There's a recipe book that's probably the most famous recipe book from all of South Carolina. It's called Charleston receipts which r-e-c-i-p-t-s i think that's an old word for recipes or something like that but this book was essentially written in the 19th century and most all of the recipes are from old charleston and that's where i found my shrimp and grits recipe and it's oh. it's delish that's just a little insider tip coming yeah. to you here so on right. the all show we're talking with our barbecue barrister mad herman so we've talked about some of these good places that you were able to go to I know you were on a little bit of a tightened schedule when you went there in March. Did you have any chance to go to a good restaurant? Did you have a chance to eat any barbecue while you were in the holy city and the low country of South Carolina, or as they would say, South Carolina down in the low so, country? Yeah.
7: <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, well, I... Uh i'm trying to think should i hold back i had an interesting story about trying to eat barbecue there i guess i'll just you know well
0: well, let's let's try to drag this thing out as much as possible but give us a little taste you mean we we, we don't don't tease us here
7: no no so i've got i've got a weird story and then i've got a, a happy ending put it that way so i uh i did have a few hours so i was there over there for business um I knew I wanted to get some barbecue. I was cutting it close. There were several different options we had discussed. I thought about kind of going outside of town and doing some whole hog, kind of traditional old fashioned style, didn't have time to do that. So I was very close to downtown, decided to go park down by the battery, take a nice little walk and hit a place called Pugin smokehouse, which is uh, right there in town. And I had been there before. And thought it was pretty good. They've got a nice mustard based sauce there. They had some some great pork belly, ribs, pulled pork. They have a nice little thing. You can sit at the bar and have a have a local beer. It's a really cool place. Big fan of Pugan Smokehouse. But shout on out. That day, but on that day, one of the strangest experiences I've ever had with a restaurant happened. So uh it was open. It was noon and they opened at eleven. Door open. Absolutely empty. No one in the place anywhere. Me and three other potential patrons wandered through the place, couldn't find a soul in the joint, waited around a little bit and decided that whoever was supposed to open the place just didn't. Uh, So (laughs) totally abandoned, front door wide open. Um, I guess if they would have had barbecue laying around, I could have taken some and left the tip. But uh, weird, very weird. However, here's the happy ending.
0: Yes, we need a happy ending
7: poogans has another place it's called the poogans front porch it's over by the mills house uh, hotel and i ended up walking to the other poogans i said listen this is a great franchise i really like this place i'm gonna hit the other poogans i'm gonna go from poogans barbecue to poogans front porch and have a little late brunch and i did and i sat on the front porch and the weather is beautiful and i had a deviled crab omelet with a, one of the most beautiful biscuits I've ever had in my life, served on the side with some soft butter, and it was fantastic. So, I don't know what was going on with Pugan Smokeouts that day. Still a big fan. Uh, I just give a shout out to the other Pugans, the front <laughs> porch, which is a real—it's like an old house. I mean, it's, okay. it's awesome. So and anyway, they,
0: they have two Pugans within walking distance of each other.
7: Yeah, several blocks, but it was a it was a beautiful day. It was about a ten minute walk, easy okay.
0: down the cobblestone streets of the holy city of charleston south carolina we're talking to matt hermans and of course charleston is a beautiful place as we said condi nast has it the number one spot in the world to travel and matt hermans of course i'm a little skewed being from that part of the woods there are so many people that i find who live west of georgia that have never been to charleston south carolina They have just not had the opportunity to get in the car. I don't think they know that there's a beach in the Charleston area, and that's separate of talking about all the food, great shopping, but we have you on here today talking about all this great cuisine that you'll find in Charleston County and South Carolina, not just in the peninsula of Charleston downtown area, but you also have great food choices across the cooper river bridge over there in mount pleasant south carolina and then you've got i was trying to steer you building. to the to the somerville and ladson area to go to a messenger's uh. barbecue and you didn't make it your your time just kind of ran cooper, out
7: yeah because
0: we still got to introduce you to south carolina hash <laughs> hash not something illegal here i'm talking about hash <laughs> is something that most south carolinians put on rice white rice and they have that served up with their barbecue. You Also, hash and white rice with fried chicken is an incredible delicacy that Carolinians enjoy. It's usually a mustard-based bash. The The hash is a, is a mustard-based looking color. But I've seen more of a peppery hash also available in restaurants in South Carolina. And so that's something we're going to have to break that mold and get you your first dose of some good Carolina hash, Matt Hermans
7: i i want to try some so bad and uh, (laughs) i'm not going to ship
0: that to you like i'm shipping charleston receipts
7: no no well that's yeah no i feel like it probably wouldn't be quite the same anyway so yeah maybe next time if you know lord willing i go back to charleston for business or something of that nature um it doesn't matter how far where i have to go I'm going to stuff my face with some uh, South Carolina hash for sure.
0: Yeah. And I mean, I'm not a nerd like you are. So I know there's meat in hash. I'm sure you've researched it. Can you yeah. tell our audience what the heck exactly, when they when we talk about Carolina hash, what in the heck are we actually talking, as we would say in South Carolina and the Low Country specifically? What exactly, Matt Hearman, are we talking about? <laughs> they don't like really Canada. quite say it like Canada, but yeah, go ahead. No,
7: it's, it's more like a bay i mean it's not dude you sound like a canadian so yeah. let's not do that but, uh, sorry
0: <laughs> well, honestly i'm i'm a hillbilly from about two hours inland yeah, from Charleston, yeah, yeah. and there's a completely different dialect i'm envious 100%. i wish i had that little country brogue that they got down yeah. there but unfortunately lord didn't have it planned for me to live there in 843 area code. but what is exactly is hash
7: yeah so it's a lot of different ingredients but i think the main thing that makes hash so interesting to me and you know for you it's it's old hat but old hash yeah it's meat uh it's usually a pork shoulder or a butt or a whole shoulder it's cooked for so long that it almost liquefies i mean it 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 sounds like it doesn't sound appetizing but it it sounds, is
0: the meat i hate to interrupt you is this meat yeah. the same meat that goes into making barbecue or is it a different portion of the pig yeah,
7: yeah 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 it can be it can be any meat sometimes it's it's leftovers i've seen uh i'm seeing i've done a little research like you said never had it. But i knew
0: it was, you which, would have yes
7: yeah so there there's anything you can use it for any type any part of the pig a lot of times if you do a whole hog there's different parts that you maybe don't want to eat i'm not talking about innards or or, or uh, you know organ meat i'm talking about just pieces of the, the pig that may not be that tender they get overdone when you cook a whole log, or it can just be a uh, shoulder, uh, uh, a butt. But the key is that the meat is cooked so long um, in a pot with other seasonings and vegetables and things like that that it, the meat literally shreds apart into so fine a particles that it's a, like a liquid, right? So it's, it's almost like a gravy, but it has a lot of meat in it, which is really fascinating to me because you usually think of, Meat in a soup, it's a big chunk. It's like a stew, or it's, you know, we've talked about burgoo and we've talked, there's Brunswick. There's different types of stuff that has chunks of meat, but hash very specifically has the meat that's almost dissolved into the soup, which is pretty fascinating. And uh, yeah, so it's unique, I would say, very unique.
0: It is unique and it is delicious. And I'm so sorry you missed out on the hash fun. And because your last trip there was a little bit brief, I'm sure you had a list of places you wanted to check out can you share with us some of the places food wise that you had hoped to maybe make on this last trip and perhaps we can kind of pencil it in for you to go back there and check these out
7: absolutely uh i wanted to go to the uh i wanted to go to poogan's we already talked about that Uh, i had messengers on the list like you suggested to me i was thinking about going to melvin's i had been to melvin's before and um was not able to make that either since i was pressed for time there's a bark let,
0: let me stop you. Let me stop you because it's kind of confusing. Okay. And let me tell you a little bit about South Carolina royalty. Matt, do you get along with your family?
7: <laughs> For the, well, most of the time.
0: Okay. I Listen. don't always get along with my family. Sometimes we've really. had, had civil wars in my family. The Bessinger family, of which you just mentioned, is the epitome of family versus family. And that explains why if you go to Charleston, There's Bessinger's Barbecue, there's Joe Bessinger's Barbecue, and there's even a Melvin's Barbecue. They're all the same family, but either because they didn't like each other, they disagreed about the money, maybe one might have been somebody's son. I don't know all the justification. But there's multiple Bessinger-related properties, but they're not all the same company. That explains Mm. some of the confusion when you talk about eating Bessinger barbecue. And oh, by the way, I didn't mention the biggest Civil War, and that was between Melvin and his brother, Maurice, who has a kind of a fiefdom in the columbia south carolina area with a bunch of restaurants and his own sauce and the funny thing is the Messengers' their ancestral home is smack dab between columbia and charleston in holly hill south carolina home of wow. matt singletary and uh that's where they kind of started and the two brothers went into opposite directions and then more civil war between the family so with all that now that i've got that out of the way continue on sir <laughs> sorry sorry to interrupt
7: yeah so I, i'm just by going to melvin's I'm, I'm certainly not picking a side there i, I <laughs> would be more than i would be more than happy to try every messenger outlet there and As i'm sure i
0: would too yes
7: you know honestly i think probably that all these splits um i'm sure each one of them is a little bit of a different style so i think maybe the state of south carolina has benefited from this family rift uh just barbecue wise but uh and
0: and let me go ahead and throw it out since i mentioned that they were from holly hill do you know what's about six miles from holly hill south carolina another sort of uh castle of barbecue barbecue culture here in the south
7: i'm drawing no tell me
0: it would be sweatman's
7: oh yeah you (laughs) told me about this place too that's whole hog barbecue yeah yeah yeah.
0: sweatman's is right there just outside Mm -hmm. of holly hill
7: that's on the list too man i gotta go i gotta get back i gotta get back soon uh in utahville
0: south carolina spelled e-u-t-a-w-v-i-l-l-e a revolutionary war battle was fought there in utahville oh. and it's also again home of sweatman so i'm sorry the timing didn't work out where you could just devour all that great barbecue while you're on this last trip but anything else before we say goodbye to you from your from your kind of ledger of what you're going to pull back out and go and and check off the list when you get back to charleston <laughs>
7: A uh, great little bar called The Blind Tiger on Broadway, and they have a fantastic uh, pork belly and really great local beer. That was another place I was going to stop off at, but uh, next time, next time.
0: Well, I know you're a barbecue guy, but you probably know a little bit about all these micro breweries. Is, is, is Charleston known for a great beer? I don't even know the answer to that.
7: They are now. They are now. Yeah. Okay. Some really, really fantastic beer. I, I, I just like, uh, you know, I like craft beer and, and local beers a lot. I would not... If I called myself an expert, somebody would jump you know and say you're you're not you're just you're just a fan, which I am so, but yeah, really great beers. There's a uh, brewery called Westbrook. Uh, really there's other great breweries too, but um, they have some really fantastic beers there out of Charleston.
0: okay, well, most towns now have at least one microbrewery. that's back when they were making beer. most have converted to making hand sanitizer.
7: <laughs> we, we're, back. we're looking forward
0: back, yeah. to that switch back to making good beer pretty soon for those and that's a whole nother conversation you and i need to have matt hermans is the right yep. beer yep. to mix with barbecue does that sound like a good combination to talk about
7: oh yeah you can uh you can drag that out of me too. I love talking <laughs> beer. I love talking beer as well. I do
0: beer, barbecue, and a whole lot more. Even a little potato salad talk when we we're able to get it from our big guy Matt Hermans. Thank you for the great knowledge, and always a pleasure. We look forward to talking to you again. Our barbecue barrister, Matt Hermans. Thank you, sir.
7: I'll see you next time.
0: All right. And that will wrap up our y'all show. Thank y'all very much for being a part of the show that's all about the South. We've got another exciting episode headed your way tomorrow. So don't miss out on the fun of this, the y'all show. And don't forget also to go to our website, y'all.com, the ultimate guide to the South Bookmark market. Check there often. Go to our Facebook page. And that's y'all magazine on Facebook, you So many ways for you to stay on top of all things Southern. Thanks for watching and thanks for listening.
6: It's totally
1: normal to be constipated with belly pain straining and bloating again and again. No way. Maybe it's occasional constipation. Maybe it's not. You could have a chronic
2: condition called irritable bowel syndrome with constipation or IBSC. Linzess or linaclotide is a prescription that treats IBSC in adults. Linzess works differently than laxatives to help relieve belly pain and let you have more frequent and complete bowel movements. Individual results may vary. Do not give to children less than 6 and it should not be given to children 6 to less than 18. It may harm them. Do not take Linzess if you have a bowel blockage. Get immediate help if you develop unusual or severe stomach pain, especially with bloody or black stools. The most a common side effect is diarrhea, sometimes severe. If it's severe, stop taking Linzess and call your doctor right away. Other side effects include gas, stomach area pain, and swelling. Maybe it's not occasional constipation. Learn more at Linzess.com or call one 800 linzess You may be able to talk to a doctor online. Visit Linzess.com. Sponsored by Allergan and Ironwood.